Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Psalms, Psalms chapter 119, beginning in, we're going to start in verse 1. I'll give you a moment to turn there. Um, just keep in your prayers as well. I know we named quite a few prayer requests and also some praise reports, but uh, Brother Anthony Trimble, I know that we've been praying for him, and he is actually, I think, in the hospital right now. And uh, he had had some, he just had a, I think it's been about a six-year battle with cancer. And uh, the last three weeks, he's had an elevated fever, a lot of pain. And he went to the doctors, and all of the, the tumors that he has have all doubled in size in just a short period of time. So obviously a lot of concern. They have two, I think two very young children. Is it two or three? Uh, anyway, two or three young children and Obviously, never a good time for anybody to suffer with cancer, but when you have young children, it just adds to it. So if you could keep Brother Anthony Trimble in your prayers, uh, also continue to pray for Sister Barry. Amen, that God would continue the healing work there. Amen. Psalms 119, beginning at verse 1. Aleph. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. I'm going to Probably, I think my plan is anyway, tonight will kind of be the end of the uh, needy series. So after this, you all can go back to not being needy. Uh, no, actually, at least the principles that we're learning keep being needy in those areas. But I want to talk to us tonight about needing the word. And the, this 119th Psalm is going to serve as our uh, pretext tonight. We're really going to just dive into it. And I think that after I share some introductory remarks, you'll, you'll understand that this 119th Psalm is, in fact, a passage that is dedicated to needing the Word. Um, it's a very special psalm. Welcome home, Angelita. We missed you. Um, very special psalm. When you come to the 119th Psalm in your yearly quest to read through the Bible, you get to this psalm, you, get, you need to carve out a few extra minutes because you're going to be there a while, right? It, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, weighing it at 176 verses. However, the 119th Psalm is special more than just for its longevity. There are a few kind of interesting facts that I would share that you might not recognize. In fact, likely, unless you do a deeper study, you would never recognize at least this first one, and that is that the 119th Psalm is actually an acrostic. Uh, if you read in your, in, in your Bible, uh, as, as we started out, some of the versions or translations of the Bible don't begin with it, but when you start reading that very first word, there is the word Aleph. And the next section, when you get, so it's 
That whole 119th Psalm is divided into kind of segments. Uh, the next section, which begins with verses 9 through 16, begins with the word Beth. And it's not a psalm that's being written to a girl named Beth. That's, um, then the third section, some of you are still giving me courtesy laughs. I'll take them as they come in. Verses 17 through 24 begin with the word Gamel. And if you continue on, you'll find that every section begins with a word that's probably not very familiar in our English vocabulary. Those are not names of people. That's actually the progression through the Hebrew alphabet. And so the first letter in the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph. The second letter is Beth. The third is Gamel and so forth. And so as you progress, you're working through the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, not just that, but also uh, in the original Hebrew, every verse under that, so under Aleph, there, is a, there are eight verses there, and every verse begins with that letter of the alphabet. All right? So you go through all 22 letters of the alphabet, and within that letter, every verse under that starts with that letter. Uh, and, and the reason they did that is to make uh, memorization easier. All right? They memorized the entire 119th Psalm. Not some of them, they all did. They all had it committed to memory, but it's a whole lot easier when you know A is for apple and you, know, you go down, you got a, you got a starting point. There, you know, what was it? Oh yeah, it starts with a B. In our language, we might say that. So because this 119th Psalm was to be a Psalm you would meditate upon, Right? And it's, you can't really meditate on something you can't remember. So they committed it to, to memory. And so by doing it as an acrostic, that made it easier for them to memorize. Uh, secondly, the essence of the 119th Psalm, of the 176 verses, only five of them do not reference the word of God. All, right? the, the, all of them but five verses are directly talking about the word of God. That's the essence of of the 119th Psalms is talking about the, the, the benefits of the, the Word of God. Finally, again, something that you wouldn't really notice until you really dive in, and I think once you see it, you'll see it, but the number eight is at the forefront of this psalm. All right? The Hebrew word eight, uh, I think that's the next slide, is uh, literally means abundance or more than enough. So in Hebrew, the word eight means abundance or more than enough. All right, so, you know, after seven days, God created. In seven days, he created. So uh, it, anything beyond that was kind of extra, all right? It was more than enough. Uh, in fact, it, it implies, it means abundance or more than enough, but it implies new beginning, all right? So the eighth day of the week would be the start of a new week. There is no eighth day of a week. It's you're starting a new week, all right? So, again, the, that letter, that word, uh, that Hebrew letter, or the Hebrew word eight would actually mean abundance or more than enough. And every section, so you got Aleph and Beth and Gamel and so forth, and every one of them, every throughout the entire, you got 22 um, different letters of the alphabet, the acrostic, and every one of them contains eight verses. All right, so the, the entire structure of the 119th, uh, this psalm is built around the, the number eight. So Sesame Street today is the number eight, all right? That would be the theme for the 119th Psalm. And, and we're gonna see that so many times. So the next slide, 
Um, first of all, again, every letter in the alphabet has, contains eight verses. And this was a, a song that would be sung. Uh, secondly, there were eight basic titles or applications of the word of God throughout the entire 119th Psalm. These are kind of repetitive. Then there are eight expressions of what the word does. I'm, I'm sorry, of what the word is. Then there are eight expressions or eight statements of what the word does. And we're going to look at all these tonight. And then thirdly, there are eight declarations of what we must do with the word. And it's repeated over and over and over again. All right, so fundamentally, all every principle that you'll find in the 119th Psalm is found in the first nine verses. All right, and then is just repeated in the remaining 167 verses. All right, so all of it, everything you're gonna get in the 119th Psalm, all of it you'll find in the first nine verses, but then it's repeated over and over and over and over again. All right, and these eight principles, or these different sets of eight principles are expounded upon over and over and over again. So here are the basic, we, we talked about the first thing that we find are the eight basic titles of the Bible, Again, they're listed in the first nine verses and then they'll be repeated over and over and over again. So let's look at those basic titles of the scripture. First of all, the law of the Lord. All right, so if you're looking, just kind of keep your Bible open or your, uh, whatever you're using there right now to, to just kind of walk, walk through there. And, and as you look through the 119th Psalm, just kind of pay attention. You're gonna see the law of the Lord uh, pretty much every Every time you work through a new letter of the alphabet, the law of the Lord is going to be talked about again. The second basic title um, referencing the scripture or the word of God, the Bible, are the testimonies. And again, you'll see that over and over and over. The ways, all right, the ways of, of the Lord, which again is a reference to the scripture. Third, fourthly are the precepts. All right, fifth are the statutes. Sixth are the commandments. Seventh are the judgments. And finally, it's just the word. All right, so I'll give you a moment to write those down if you uh, would like to take some notes. Uh, and I'll, I'll say them again in case you're writing and want to keep looking down. First is the law of the Lord. Second are the testimonies. Third are the ways. Fourth are the precepts. Fifth are the statutes. Sixth are the commandments. Seventh are the judgments. And eight is the word. Now again, the Hebrew, the number eight means more than enough. It's abundance. And the, the writer who wrote this did not write, write it in English. He wrote it in, it was written in Hebrew and they, they understood that when the Hebrew reader was reading this, they were gonna make that connection that because these things, there's eight that are listed, what it's saying is that these eight things are more than enough. The word of God is more than enough. Whatever you're going through, the word is more than enough. Whatever you're facing, the law, the testimonies, the ways, the precepts, the statutes, the commandments, the judgments, and the word of God, they're more than enough. There's never been a problem you faced where the Bible didn't have the answer. You might not like the answer. You might have said, well, I don't like that one. I'm going to look somewhere else. But I promise you, there's never been a problem you faced that the answer wasn't between the covers of this book right here. There's not a problem you're facing right now that 
whether, again, it, it, whether it's in the law or the judgments, the, the answer is in this book. It's more than enough. And that's what, that's by the repetition of this, the, 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 the cycles of eight, that's what the, the writer was getting across to them. It's more than enough. All right, everybody grab your Bible and say, it's more than enough. It's more than enough for my family. It's more than enough for my children. It's more than enough for my marriage. It's more than enough for this church. It's more than enough for our world. Amen. If, if our nation would get back to this book, we'd be all right. Things started going wrong when we said we don't need this book anymore. We thought we'd, you know, we got science and we've got, you know, we've got other things. We don't need this book anymore. Well, now we see where that's got us. This book is more than enough. Amen. So for the rest of our study tonight, we're going to look at the three of those remaining principles of eight that are repeated throughout the 119th Psalm. And again, the, the eight basic titles I just gave you, you're not, that's it. That's over and over. There's not another one. There's not a ninth. It's just eight. And then they just keep building on that. They just keep repeating that. Why? Because we wanted to get the word through to you that it's more than enough. All right? So for the rest, we're going to look at the other um, Principles of eight. First of all, the expressions of what the Bible is. We're going to look at those eight expressions that you'll find repeated over and over in the 119th Psalm that tell us what the Bible is. Then the eight statements, again, of what the Bible does. You can keep that one there. That's fine. And then the eight declarations of what we must do with the Bible. Again, all of this is flowing out of the Matthew 13, 33, or last Wednesday night, as I said, the Matthew 33. Uh, which doesn't exist. Um, anyway, Matthew, some of you got that one. The rest of you were like, what, what's he talking about? The Matthew 13, verse 33, parable of the woman that kneaded the leaven into the dough so that the whole lump was made to rise. Right? This is a continuation of that sermon. And here's, here's what I mean by that. We have to need the word. Right? We have, this 119th Psalm is a psalm of getting the word into every area of your life. And, and again, let's look just in the first stanza, the first segment of Psalms 119. Even just in that first segment, there are three different phrases that just jumped off the page at me that speak to us getting this into every area of our life. Verse number two, blessed are they that seek him with the whole heart. All right? Blessed are, needing, we gotta get the word into every area of our life. Blessed are those that seek him with the Sunday morning part of their heart. no. Right, with the Christian part of them, but not the worldly. No, the, with their whole heart. Second, verse number three, there's another statement there. They do no iniquity. All right, we're all striving to get there still, right? They do absolute, it's no, no iniquity. The word is into every part of their life. And so they do no iniquity. Verse six, the writer said, when I have respect unto a few of thy commandments. Somebody was paying attention. Well, no, somebody said no. Well, thank you, Sister Sylvia. And all. He said, when I have respect unto all thy commandments. All right? So this, this, this psalm is a complete, it's a total. It's getting the word of God into every area of your life. So let's start with that, the first, talking about what the Bible is. And there's, you're going to find eight of them. And again, they're going to be repeated but eight statements of what the Bible is. First one you'll find in verse nine. 
and that it, the word of God is water for cleansing. All right? Water for, and, and again, I'll say this, that in order for a, um, I think it was uh, Brother Roberts, I think that mentioned, I can't remember when, somebody recently mentioned, uh, it was, it was in our, a, a class we had, that Brother Roberts mentioned that you, you can't just take a scripture and because you see it in one place, you take that phrase and apply it to every area. So the example that my dad would use and that I've heard others use and Brother Roberts reiterated in one passage of Scripture, the Bible says that Judas went out and hung himself. And then there's another passage of Scripture in the Bible that says, go thou and do likewise. Right? Obviously, they're not related to one another. But if you just start, that, there's a lot of people that live their Christian life that way. They're like, well, it says over here this, and when we piece it all together, well, that's a terrible way to start applying Scripture. All right? Doesn't mean because Judas went and hanged himself that you should go and do likewise. All right? And so the Scripture confirms itself. In other words, if we find this Scripture here, it's going to be verified other places in the Bible. So this is a great example. Verse number 9 Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Anybody ever wondered how you can clean up the mess you made? Maybe some of you not. I don't know. But the rest of us human beings, we have. All right. Where, how do I clean up this mess that I've made? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. The, the word, it's more than enough. Okay. You want to get out of the mess you've made for yourself? Well, it, it may not be as quick as you want to get out of it, but if you'll pay attention to this book, okay, a lot of times we don't pay attention. Man, my life's a mess. I thought God was going to help me. He was, and he will, but you got to start taking heed according to the word. You can't do what you want and, and disregard and disobey and then wonder, man, and a church doesn't work. God doesn't work. No, he does, but you got to take heed, all right? And, and the whole section, as we read that... Uh, Starting in verse 9, that, that, that letter Beth, that second letter of the Hebrew alphabet, that second letter deals with victory over sin. Right? It, it, it says, in particular, it singles out the youth group. It says, young people, right? how does a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed. All right? and, and, and it goes on and says, we need to hide the word All right? so that we can overcome temptation. As you read the word and meditate on it, it cleanses your inner being just like water cleanses our bodies. All right, I think I put up there, did I put a slide up there for Ephesians? Is there any other slide there? I did not. All right, yep, I did, all right. Ephesians 5.25, this again is another scripture that gives credence to what we just talked about. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the... Word, the word cleanses us. The word will clean up those filthy desires. If you'll meditate, if you'll take heed thereto, all right, if you'll meditate on the word of God, it will clean you up. Tell your neighbor, you need to get cleaned up. Amen. John 15 and three is another reference. I'm not gonna read every reference I have tonight or we'll be here till one o'clock in the morning. All right, secondly, the second uh, is wealth and treasure. All right, that one got everybody's attention. All right, I like that one. I don't know about the cleansing thing, but I like the wealth and treasure. 
So let's look at verse number 14. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, which again is one of, t- one of the titles, one of the eight titles of the word of God. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. All right, go to verse 72. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Riches. If you go to verse 127, you're going to find it again. If you go to verse 162, you're going to find it again. It's repeating. The word of God is more than enough. It's it's, more than all the money you can get in a bank account. The word of God is more than enough. Wealth and riches, wealth and treasure. Um, Let's go down to... The next one is a companion and friend. All right, we find that one uh, is first mentioned in verse 24. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. All right, so if we, this psalm was not, most historians, theologians, Bible scholars agree this psalm was not written by David. They don't know who the author of this psalm was. The understudy of this psalm is that whoever the writer was was being persecuted for his love for the word. But he determined that I'm I'm not gonna stop loving the word just because it's not popular, which also applies to the hour that we're living in right now. All right, he said, I'm not gonna stop loving the word. And and verse 19, we can learn a couple of things about this, this author, this writer that obviously inspired by by God as he wrote, but verse 19 says, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. So he, we know he, whoever this writer is is a stranger. Verse 21, thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. All right, did I read that right? Verse 21. All right, thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Uh, let's see, let's go to, uh, verse 23, princes also didn't, did sit and speak against me, but I, I just kept on. People, you know, I, the proud looked down on me. People in high places of position and influence, they came against me, but I kept on meditating in your statutes. All right, so when everybody else was rejecting me, I was a stranger. Others looked down on me. Others rejected me, but I found a companion in the word. I found a friend in the word of God, amen? When others turn their back on you and, and we, get into, we get into messes in our life because we want, we want to try to win the approval of a world that's never going to approve of a godly lifestyle. But we, we, we start erring from our path because we don't want to lose friends. That If God's trying to take somebody out of your, out of your life, you need to let them go. And we want to try and hold on. We want, no, no, I can't let them go. They've been a friend since I was a kid. Well, if they're going to take you to hell, you need to let them go. All right? And, and so the writer is saying, when everybody else was rejecting me, I found a friend in the scripture. I found a friend in the word of God. I found a companion there. And you can write this down. I'm not going to read this one now, but Proverbs 6, verses 20 through 22. All right, the next attribute is, or what the word is, as we find in this scripture, is a song to sing. Verse 54. Thy statutes, which again is one of the titles, one of the eight titles of the scripture. 
Thy statutes have been my song in the house of my pilgrimage. All right, it was my song. And we find that again. How many times do we find Paul and Silas in prison at midnight and they sang praises unto God? Probably the songs, the praises that they, you know, now we've got, you know, James Wilson and all these writers writing songs. Back in the day, they, the songs they sung were just psalms. They were singing scripture. What were, Saul, uh, Saul, Paul and Silas, I'll get it right, in prison were likely singing right one of these psalms that were, maybe even one we're reading tonight. They were reading the script. That was their song. All right. Now, what does the writer say there in verse 54? He says, thy statutes. Now, statutes are legal things, right? A statute is a legal ordinance. And he says, your legal ordinance is my song. I mean, the, they, you know, I don't know how exciting that sounds to you to be singing legal ordinances. Right? Anyway, I, I won't try to be creative and sing one for you. I thought about it for a minute and then I thought better of it. All right. The songs, the songs of the world should mean as we grow in our walk with God, the songs of this world should mean less and less. But God's word is a song in our hearts, amen? That when everything is going wrong around you, during the COVID and all the craziness during that time, you know, some of the most... I would just sing some of those old, we used to sing. I think it, it, it might have been the 119th Psalm, I think, that we sang. The testimonies of the Lord. And I, don't, I couldn't sing it right now, but during coronavirus, I sure could. Right, More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Anybody remember that? That was one of Bishop's greatest hits. Right, probably on a Wednesday night a few years ago, we probably sang that one. Why? Because it's my song. It's my song. What do songs do? They set the atmosphere. Songs, amen, what we begin to sing begins to establish our mindset, amen. And when we begin to sing the word of God, if I, you can make up your own songs. You have to be James Wilson. Just get the Bible out and start putting, putting a melody to the word of God and it will change your, it's more than enough. The song of his word is more than enough. Verse 103, the next, what the word is. Verse 103, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Honey, the sweetness of the word is like honey to the taste. Amen? What is honey? Honey is satisfying. That's what honey is a symbol of in the scripture. It's satisfying. And, and as, as scripture, again, as Christians, as the people of God, the things of this world are not what we look to for satisfaction. All right, again, it's more than enough. The word of God is more than enough. Obeying the word of God is more than enough. A couple other references you could write down. Psalms 34 and 8 and Job 23 and 12. All right, satisfaction. The word of God is where I turn to for my satisfaction. When I live according to his word, I find satisfaction. Now this world says it offers satisfaction, but it has all that small print down at the bottom right, where you want to take it back the next day because, yeah, it didn't satisfy like I thought. Now I feel guilt and shame and remorse. There's no remorse when you obey the Scripture. When you keep the Word of God, there's no remorse. There's no small print. Unless you've got a small print Bible, then I guess it is, but the whole thing is. But All right, all right, let me keep going. A lamp. The Word is a lamp. Psalms 
119, let's look at verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my, anybody ever get up in the middle of the night and have to go to a certain room? And, and it's your home, you, you, you know the surroundings and yet I, my shins have marks from the corner of my bed. I know, I know the, the, the layout of my room, but my shin always finds a way to find the corner of my bed. I mean, it, it happens at least once a week, right? My toes bear about the marks of trying to, and it's amazing what one light can do, how much peace of mind it brings. I mean, I, I can get there so much quicker. I mean, when, when the light's not on, you're like you're just little tiny baby steps. I apologize, my wife, I'm, I'm, I'm not helping our family name out right now. It's a lamp. It brings illumination, brings instruction, it brings wisdom. How much more can we walk through life with assurance and with confidence that because I've got the word of God and it's bringing, it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I've heard it said, and I think it's accurate, that a lamp unto my feet, there are times that the word of God, it just gives us enough illumination for the next step. And then there's other times that the word of God will illuminate the next five or six steps, the next 10 steps, it's a light. it illuminates the entire pathway. Whatever it is, though, it's, it's, it's more than enough for what I need right now. Amen. Um, verse 130, we'll reiterate that. You could also, I'll give you some other references if you want to look them up later. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. All right, 1 John chapter um, I, don't, I think that's just John. I, don't, I think I wrote in here 1 John, but I think it's just, so I'm gonna look real quick. Uh, somebody look up 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Go ahead, read it if somebody's got it. All right. Keep going, that's good. Oh, that's good right there, you're good. So that was the right one. First John, chapter one, verses five through 10. Again, same analogy, I just talked about stumbling. But when the light is there, you don't, have to, you don't stumble. It brings clarity, it brings illumination. All right, seven, we're on the seventh of what the word is. Great spoil. Now, spoil is not what we would think of. All right, spoil is after the battle was over. All right, you would go back and take what, you'd take the, the riches that your enemy left when they, when they began to, uh, what's the word? Retreat, thank you. Real tough word there, I couldn't think of it, retreat. Um, and whatever weapons they left behind, whatever riches were in their camp that they left behind, that was the spoils. And so Psalms 119, verse 162. I'm trying to, I, I didn't put these into my notes on purpose because I wanted to read them from the actual Bible, the only problem is now I'm all over the place. All right, verse 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. So imagine you're walking through the woods one day just out in a walk and all of a sudden there are seven bars of gold laying on the ground. How many of you would rejoice? Not too loud because you don't want anybody else knowing what you found. All right, but you would rejoice. Okay, if you stumbled upon a stack of $100 bills, how many of you would rejoice? That's what the writer says. He said, your word is more than enough. When I begin to meditate upon the word, I'm, I'm like that one who finds great spoil. 
All right, the riches of, of, of the word, they don't come easy. All right, they don't, so, so this, you know, we just read in verse 162, one that findeth great spoil. Is it, so I kind of, my analogy wouldn't fit very well. It's not just walking down and I find it in the middle of the woods, stumble upon. It's somebody who's been seeking for it. They've been searching, they've been digging in, they found what they've been looking for. And the riches of the word of God don't come easy. Again, you gotta wrestle with the word to get the riches that are there. All right, there's a spiritual battle. How many of you know your flesh doesn't like this book? Don't act so holy that your flesh does like, your, no flesh likes this book. Right? There ain't no such thing as holy flesh. All right, only, I guess, you know, Jesus Christ was perfect and sinless, but even that flesh had to be crucified. There's no such thing as holy flesh. And our flesh all the eight attributes that we name, the, the law, the statutes, our flesh doesn't like them. So you got to wrestle. you got to wrestle beyond your flesh to where your spiritual man is able to get a hold of the honey and the, 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 the spoil and say, you know what, there's something that's valuable. I'm going to live my life by this. If the rest of the world decides not to, I'm still going to. I, because why? Because I got beyond my flesh. I wrestled beyond my flesh and I found what is sweet to my spirit. Amen. Um, heritage is the final. The word of God is a heritage. All right, verse 111. All right, Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. A heritage, that's... A heritage is something that's been passed down to you, something valuable. There's sentimental value in, a, in something that's part of your heritage. Right, even, even if it, others may look at it and say, that's not worth much. Oh, but my great-grandma passed that down to my grandma who gave it to my mom who gave it to me. So maybe to you it doesn't have a lot of value. And that's a lot of people look at the word of God in our world today and they, they think it's foolishness. They think that the, the values in this book are foolishness. But, but this is my heritage. It's been passed down to me. This is my heritage. This is va if you don't see the value in this, I'm sorry, but I see the value in this book. Amen. People who literally laid down their lives so that we could have this book. It's a heritage. And so those eight attributes that we just shared of what the word of God is, and it's more than enough. Again, eight. He didn't share nine. He didn't share ten. He didn't share seven. Eight. Why? Because, again, the writer was wanting to get across the point that it's more than enough. The word of God is more than enough. Amen. It satisfies. It's great spoil. It's a heritage. It's a song to sing. It's a lamp unto your feet. It's a companion and a friend. When everybody else turns their back on you, you've got the word. The word's not going anywhere. It's forever settled in heaven. It's water for cleansing. If you know that you need to clean up an area of your life, don't think you're going to figure that out. Well, I'm just, one day I'll get smart enough. Now you're not going to get smart enough. Okay, what you need to do is get lost enough. Get lost enough in the word. Get lost enough in meditating upon the word of God, and it will clean you up. Amen. Now, what the Bible does, again, eight attributes we're going to find in Psalms 119. First of all, it blesses. I keep closing my Bible and I got to open it back up to find it. I'm not done. Everybody gets excited every time I close it. I'm not nowhere near done yet. Nervous laugh. All right. Psalms 119, verse 1, blessed are the undefiled, blessed, everybody say blessed. 
Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk. Not who know about the law of the Lord, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Are they that keep. Not go to church where the pastor preaches about his testimonies, but they keep his testimonies and they that seek him with their whole heart. Blessed. All right. First, the, the first thing that the Bible does is it blesses us. How many of you can look at your life and say that since you began allowing this book to lead and guide you, your life is better than it was? Okay. If, if you're not saying that, then it, anyway, there, there's some troubleshooting we could do, but we won't do that tonight. All right. This book is the book with blessing. Right. Psalms chapter one is this. This entire book starts. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who walketh not, right? Blessed, blessed is the man. We are blessed to have this book. Do you know that there are countries that this book, they can't have this book, right? There are communist countries. And for those of you that think communism is the answer, those of you that have been brainwashed by education systems and political systems and thinking that communism is the direction we need to go, I hope you understand what that means for, for your relationship with the Bible. You're going to have to give that up because we're going to come and take the Bible from you. That's, that's what communism, here's, all right, this is my soapbox. You ready here? I'm going to climb up on it for a moment. Communism and socialism, everybody looks at, man, that's the answer. Everybody will have a little bit. Nobody will have too much. We'll all have equal. Here's the problem with that. When you start reading this book, something is birthed on the inside of you that isn't satisfied with average. All right, the word of God is not meant for everybody to, we all just sit around and share everything and you got a little bit and I got a little bit and nobody has more than the other. The Bible is not gonna let you be satisfied with a little bit. The Bible is gonna place something on the inside of you that says, I wanna be everything God created me to be. And so when they start raising up socialism and communism, the first thing they do is get rid of the Bible because they know that the Bible is gonna destroy their government. So all you that think, yeah, that's the way we need to go, you're wrong. I'll just say it that way. You're wrong. It's not where we need to go. I'm not saying capitalism is perfect. What I am saying is we're lucky to have this book. And we need to thank God every day we can open this book and we have the opportunity to read the Bible in freedom and liberty. All right, that was my quick two minutes uh, spiel on the soapbox. All right, it blesses. It blesses. Secondly, it gives life. Verse 25, it gives life. Uh, let's go to verse 25. My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. Quicken does not mean, help me run the 100-yard dash faster. Quicken means to give life to something. Something that was void of life, that breath comes into it. Quickening is when Adam and Eve in the garden, and, or, or Adam is that, that, that dirt and and. The Lord breathed into the nostrils and breath. That's a quickening. He came to life. Those bones in the, in, the, in the valley there that Ezekiel prophesied to, the breath of God, the wind breathed upon them and they, they were quickened. They came to life. And, and that's what the psalmist is saying. He's saying, uh, my soul cleaveth unto the dust, but quicken thou me according to what? Thy word. The word quickens me. Again, that's what I was just talking about. The, the, you, you can't get a hold of this book, not really get a hold of it. Now, you might have it on your coffee table, but you can't really get a hold of this book and, and life come in and life not come into you. When this book gets into you, it's going to bring life. 
How many of you know where there's life, there's going to be dreams and there's going to be aspirations and there's going to be hope? And that's what this book does. It gives life. All right. Um, If you look again, verse 37, verse 40, verse 50, verse 88, verse 93, all of those verses speak to the Bible giving us life. All right. Hebrews chapter 4 and 12 is another. It It speaks of the Bible as a living word. This isn't a book. This isn't just another book. Yes, it's the best-selling book of all time, but it's not just a book. It's a living word, all right? It quickens us when we're weak. It quickens us. It brings life. It brings hope when we're discouraged. It brings hope when we feel defeated. It brings victory, all right? Next is it gives strength. Verse 28, let's read verse 28. My soul melteth for heaviness. Anybody ever felt that way? Your soul got left in the microwave too long? So here's the remedy. Strengthen thou me according unto thy word. Thy word. When I feel like everything is falling apart, the word brings strength. Trusting the word encourages us. God's word has power and can empower us when we believe and obey. All right, the word gives us strength. Next, it gives liberty, verse 45. And I will walk at liberty. Why? Because I seek thy precepts. When I seek your precepts, I'm at liberty. All right? And some people think liberty means, well, I can do whatever I want to do. Liberty is also not doing everything I want to do. I have the power to not do everything I want to do. I have liberty. All right? Um, If it weren't for the word, sin would have dominion over us. Look at verse 133. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have, that's liberty. It's when I'm not controlled by sin. And and how do I do that? By meditating upon your word. Sin has no, now I know there was a song a few years ago, order my steps in your word. But the rest of that is let not any iniquity have dominion over me. That is liberty. Amen. You don't know how blessed we are that our lives are not controlled by a bottle or a pill or, or something rolled up. At least I hope your lives aren't controlled by that. All right? Or, and, and don't have to be. I'll say that. If they are, they don't have to be. The Word of God can give you liberty. Amen? And strength. It gives liberty. Okay. Uh, and imparts wisdom. Man, what, I, I love the Bible. So much wisdom in the Scriptures. If we really study this word, there's, we can look at examples. How many of you know some of the greatest examples are we can look at people and say, I don't want to do that, right? You see the guy in front of you slides off in the ice and you're like, I think I'm going to go back home. That's wisdom. I, I don't want to do what other people did. All right, and we can look at scriptures and we can look at Saul and how he rejected God and he disobeyed him. We can gain wisdom from that. I don't want to do that. We can look at David and what he did do. All right, so there's wisdom throughout this book that we can apply in every area of our life. Verse 66, teach me good judgment and knowledge. Why? Because I believe thy commandments. The word gives us good judgment and knowledge. 
97, verse 97 through 104, you can also um, read those as, as well. I'm not going to uh, dive into that a lot tonight. Uh, verse 63, the next one is, it creates friends. How many of you have more friends? Since, okay, different friends. How many of you have any friends? All right, look, look around you right now. You may not know everybody, but these are, we, everybody in this building, I believe we love one another. All right, you may not all hang out, Brother Sherwood and I, one day we're gonna get around to playing spades. We haven't yet. He, every time I walk by, he acts like he's shuffling the cards one day. But every one of you in this building, I consider you to be my friend. And how did that happen? Because all of us came together upon the foundation of this book. And so it adds, it creates friends. Verse 63, I am a companion of all them that fear thee. Do you fear the Lord? Do you fear, let me ask you, do you fear the Lord? Then you're my friend. All right, we don't have to have anything else in common. If you fear the Lord, you're my friend and of them that keep thy precepts, all right? It adds friends to our lives, all right? Verse 31, I have stuck unto thy testimonies, O Lord, put me, so you need to stick with people that have stuck. There's my statement there. You need to stick with, you need to find some people that, are, that have stuck, not are stuck, but that have stuck, that have stuck to his commandments and you need to stick to them. Those are the people you need in your lives. Again, another Bible study, but so many of us are trying to be linked with ungodly companions and we wonder why we can't live right. All right the Bible, you, know, you, can't, you can't be yoked with an unbeliever. Well, I don't think that applies to me. Well, you'll find out it does. You think you're smarter than the Bible? You're not. All right? It's not saying this happens to some people some of the time. No, it happens to all people all the time. When you try to get yoked up and linked up with an unbeliever, you end up in the ditch. All right, you, you both end up in a mess. All right, you need, to get, you need to stick to people that are stuck, people whose faces are stuck in the word of God, people who are stuck in the altar, people who are stuck upon obeying the word. Those are the people you need to stick to. All right, anyway, pastors start to get a little riled up on that one. It gives comfort. The next one, it gives comfort. I'm almost done. I really am, almost done. It gives comfort. What do we read? First thing we do at any, most any funeral. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, it's, why? Because it's a psalm of comfort. That scripture brings comfort to people. Let's look at uh, verse 50. This is my comfort when everything is going well. For thy word hath, see if you guys are reading with me. This is my comfort in my, not after my affliction, not before my affliction. This is my comfort in my affliction. For thy word has quickened me right in the middle of my affliction. The word is quickening me, and so I find comfort that the word is still there with me. It's bringing hope in the middle of my circumstances. Verse 76, verse 82, verse 92. You can write those down and look them up later. I'm gonna continue on. Verse 133 is gonna be our last one. That Again, we're gonna find these over and over throughout the 119th Psalm, 119th Psalm, but the last what the word does is it gives direction. Verse 133, order my steps in thy word, right? We got the second half a minute ago. Now we'll get the first half. It gives me direction. Order my steps in your word. We talked a minute ago. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What do those do? They give direction, all right? 
If, if, if you don't have some sense of direction in your life, and you're just kind of randomly, you know, floating from one relationship to the next and, you know, kind of floating through life and what is it, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, is how you're living your life. You don't have to live that way. The word of God gives direction. Everybody say, this is a walk. And, and walks are made up of what? Steps, thank you. Very good, you all are A, a plus class tonight. All right, it's, it's a one day, we used to sing it, one day at a time, sweet Jesus. All right, one day at a time. All right, that, and that's what the word of God does is it gives direction. It directs our steps. All right, verse 32, you can look that one up. All right, now lastly, the last of these eight principles, and again, every one of them, every one of these eight are making a statement. It's more than enough. Okay, everything the word God, of God does for us, everything the word of God is, everything it does is more than enough. All right, what must we do with the Bible? These are the last eight. So how do, how do we make sure that all of these attributes that we've just shared, that, that, that we're accessing them? All right, so here, if you haven't paid attention to anything else, these are important. All right, let's look at verse, I did it again, close my Bible. I'm, part of me is trying to get you guys out of here. The other part of me says not yet. Verse 97, oh, how I love thy law. Not how I love thy blessings. Not how I love thy mercy. Yes, I love it. Yes, I love blessings. Oh, how I love thy favor. No, oh, how I love thy law. You know, laws are good. Some are. Most of them are there for, I agree with you, Brother Henry. Some are. They're there for our protection, right? That speed limit. I don't always, last Sunday I had an officer pull me over and we had a little conversation. I got the witness to him. Um, <laughs> God ordained that meeting. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just told him myself. Uh, he, he let me go, gave me a warning, told him I was running late for church. I don't know how much of a testimony that was, but great witness there, Pastor. Um, but that, that speed limit is actually there for my protection. All right, that sign, you know, that shows you the road is curving, it's there for your protection. Laws are there for our protection, but what, what do I have to do? I gotta love it, I gotta love it. The way that, the way that we treat this book, this physical book, right, this word of God, now, my grandfather, he ingrained something into me. You don't put anything on top of this book. And if I, if I have this book on my desk, the Bible on my desk, and somebody puts a piece of paper on it, the first thing I do is take the piece of paper off. Right? And I'm not saying you have to do that. I am saying you should do that. Because it's, it's a principle. It's a principle that this book has greater priority in my life. I'm not going to put a stack of $100. I don't have a stack of $100 bills, but if I did... This book has higher priority, all right? And the way that you treat this book is the way that you're gonna treat the word made flesh, Christ, the way you're gonna treat Jesus Christ. So to love him, if you love Jesus, guess what, you're gonna love his word. And, and I'm, again, I'm not here to condemn anybody, but you should bring the physical book to church with you. I know you got it on your iPad. I've got it on mine too. I know you got it on your iPhone, so do I. But there's nothing that replaces the book, all right? Nothing that replaces the book. Uh, verse, you can write these down, verses, verse 159, 
It's another one, verse 16, verse 24, verse 16, verse 35, verse 47. Everybody's like, I can't write that fast. Verse 70. So I'll read them again. Verse 16, 24, 16, 35. I already said 16 twice. It's very important. Um, 35, 47, and 70. And those all just talk about the word of God being a delight. How many of you know that you love things that you find a delight in? I don't love raisins because they don't delight me. All right? And it's, it's not a disappointment. Verses 14 and 162 says, bring out the fact that we rejoice reading the word of God. The next, the second attribute of what we must do with it is we got to prize it. Everybody say prize it. Verse 72 The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. I know we talked about that uh, from another vantage point a moment ago. Verse 128, therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. And And you can't do one without the other. You can't really love something if you don't hate its opposite. And one of the lies of the devil is trying to bring into the church that we need to just that we need to be okay with certain sins, okay? And, and, and we don't, we need to hate sin. God doesn't love sin. Those of you that think you can find a sin God loves, let me just reassure you, God hates all sin. Now, he, he doesn't hate one person, but he hates sin, all right? Prize it. We should hold this, the, the word of God in high esteem. Right? The most important book you have is, is not seven um, Seven laws of effective people. I forget what it is. Seven, anyway. Seven habits of highly effective people. That's a great book. But this, this is the best book you got. All right? Next is study it. I, I, man, I love the word of God. Do, do you study it? No, no, no. But I, but I got it. Well, it's not doing you much good. Study it. Verse seven. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned Thy righteous judgments. Verse 12, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy stat. How many of you know for somebody to teach you something, you gotta be a student? All right, so verse 18 is another verse that you could read, verses 26 through 27. At least 12 times, the writer of the 119th Psalm says, teach me. All right, the Christian who daily studies his Bible will be blessed of God. Now, how many of you know Bible study is not always easy? Anybody? It's not always easy. It's, 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 it's difficult. And it, but the writer says this. That's why he says time and time again that I do it with my whole heart because that's the only way you can do it. You've got to be all in. All right? And verses 2, 10, 34, 69, and 145 speak to that. Now, for the sake of time, if you guys want those later, I'll send you my notes. For the sake of time tonight, I'm not going to dive deep into this but there are a lot of different ways that we can effectively study the Word of God. And we've already been here close to an hour already. It would probably be another hour just for me to share with you and, and kind of give you some understanding of various ways we can. For example, you can do a word study where you take one word and you study that throughout the Scripture to see all the different ways that that word applies in the Scripture. You could do a topical study. So a word might be faith. A topical study might be the blood of Jesus. All right, you can do a chapter study where you just take one chapter and you study that chapter out. 
All right, you can do an exegetical study where you take one verse and you just study that verse word by word. You study it out. Now, again, tonight I'm not going to. What I am going to do is I'm going to create a series on different types of Bible study, and I'm going to put it on our uh, tv.livinghopemd.com where I'm going to go through the very, I don't know that I'll get to all of them, but probably seven or eight different ways that you can study your Bible and how to go about doing that. And I'll let you know when that's posted, but it'll probably be here in the next couple of weeks that I'll be posting that because it's important that we know how to study the Bible. Okay, and, and I think many times, here's one way that people do that. That's, that's not a, that, that works sometimes. But if that's your diet, I mean, that's like, you know, going to the restaurant, saying just whatever, whatever you think I should eat, just give it to me. All right, if, if it's a sit-down restaurant, I'm gonna tell you, you're getting the most expensive thing on the menu. Because the waiter knows he's getting tipped on. Anyway, you, that's not a good way to study the Bible, just flipping through pages. I'm going to study this one today. Okay. Now, there have been times when I was just, you know, I really needed an answer from God, and I employed that method, and, and he was like, you know, the passage I pointed to, you're an idiot. I was like, okay, God, I get it. God was sending me a clear message. All right. Next is memorize it. Memorize it. Going back to Psalms again. Verse 11, I don't think there's really a verse in there that says that, but King James Version, it, it's hinting at that. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Memorize the scripture. How many of you have a plan for memorizing scripture? All right. If you don't, I, you don't have to memorize the whole Bible, but memorize, if you know there's an area of your life that you need to get victory in, get some scripture and memorize it. All right, if, if it's just one, you know, like bubble gum, just chew on that one verse until you start getting the victory. All right, when we say, well, I can't do that. Well, you can, you can memorize a song. Right? What was that song a few years ago, that song about being happy? I'm happy, happy. I mean, and everybody's walking around singing this song. It's not a God song, so don't judge me right now, but it was, I don't think it was a negative message. Everybody's, you know, singing about being happy. I mean, you know, it's good to be happy, right? I feel like some of y'all are judging me right now. When I was in high school, there was another song. Here's a little song I wrote. Might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. Brother Sherwood gave me the head nod. I'm all right. All right. And, and we can memorize that stuff, but when it comes to the word, we're like, I, mean, I, I just can't memorize. You can. You really can. You got to work at it. Hide the word in your heart. All right. Uh, next is meditate on it. Look at verse 15. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. All right, we're gonna put that within context with the next verse. All right, verse 23. I'm in Psalms 118, that's why that one did not. So let's go over to, <laughs> I might just have to dismiss and pick up next week. The longer I go, the worse it's getting. Verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy, that makes a whole lot more sense. Verse 23, princes also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. All right, meditating on the word of God. What does that mean? Read it, study it, and then just sit back and let that word kind of soak. Soak into your spirit. God, where, 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 is this, where is this word need to apply in my life? Meditate on it, think about it. All right, then, then think on it some more. All right, almost done, three more. Trust it, verse 42. So shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me 
for I trust in thy word. Listen, if you don't trust the Bible, you're not going to have an answer. If you're not really sure if the scripture works, he said, I, this is, I'm going to have an answer for them that reproach me. Sometimes the reproach is that they're putting you down. Sometimes it's temptation. But he said, here's the reason why I know I'm going to have an answer is because I trust your word. Because I trust your word, I'm going to have an answer. All right, verse 128 is another verse that, that we could use in that context. I'm just going to read that one. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. In other words, when I read, I just, I automatically, I assume it's right. Not just I assume, I have confidence it's right. Why? Because it's in the word of God. All right, now there's people today, well, you know, the earth is flat. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never been to outer space. I really don't ever want to go. You know, it, rapture is the only time I want to see anything from a, airplanes are good enough for me. I don't need to get up in a space shuttle. All these people, well, no, the earth is flat. The earth, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what to trust in that area. But what I do know is I trust this book. I trust the Bible. I trust the word of God. All right, two more. Obey it. All right, again, we read verses one through eight when we started tonight. I would read those again, right? It just talks about obeying the word of God, keeping, this, keeping his commandments, seeking him with your whole heart. Obey it. This book, I don't, you can have all the reverence in the world. Don't let a, a speck of lint settle down on your Bible. You respect it so much. But if you don't obey it, it's just a book still. All right, if we don't obey, if we don't obey the word of God, it doesn't cause our, the reason a minute ago, well, about an hour ago now, I asked you guys to raise your hands if your lives have gotten better since you started following the word of God and most of you raised your hands. And the reasons why that you're able to raise your hands say that is because you've been obeying the scripture. And, and, and what I've found is it's kind of an equation. The more I obey it, the, more, the better my life gets. The more I try to find loopholes, Right? The, the, the more I lay awake at night wondering if my sins are going to find me out. Uh, was that too transparent? Okay. I'm the only one. All right, let me move on. Last one. I'm going to go eat after this, so you all do what you want. All right. Stand with me, please. Declare it. Declare the word. Verse 13. All right. With my lips have I declared. There's something different between just saying it and declaring it. Declaring it is a bold, confident statement. All right. I declare. I declare. I know for a fact that if I jump right now, the law of gravity is going to bring me more so the older I get. You know, gravity doesn't bring me back down as much as it just kind of keeps me down. But I can declare that because I know it's it's. I, it's been proven. I know I'm not, well, if I jump, I'm not sure if I'll come back down. No, I'm going to come back down. All right, so we can declare because we have confidence. Verse 26 is, no, is another one. Those, and again, eight, all eight of them. And all eight of them, guess what they say? It's more than enough. This book, the word of God is more than enough. It's more than enough for whatever you're facing right now. Amen, it's more than, it's more than, it's got the wisdom now, you might have to dig a little bit to find it, but it's in there. And I think sometimes God kind of hides it a little bit to see how hungry we are for it, like an Easter egg hunt. I'm not saying that's God doing an Easter egg hunt. But, you know, sometimes he's going to put some things, over, you know, under a leaf over there to see how 
How, how, bad, how much do you really want to find that truth, that answer that you've been looking for? It's in there. And, you know, we come to church and raise it. Well, I didn't get it, so it must not be in there. And then we go back to all the other sources. that. It, no, it's there. But you've got to be willing to look for it. All right? So I want to challenge you all to need the word. Study the word. Again, I'm going to put that, I'm going to put a series together. I'll post it on uh, tv.livinghopemd because the next time I'm going to have a chance because we start next Wednesday into our uh, blitz classes, it would be like May or June before I have a chance again to, and I don't want to wait that long because I want to give you all some tools to utilize. And I want to challenge you. When you need this word, if your marriage isn't doing well right now, need the word. All right? And part of needing the word is read the word. And, and I would say this, if your marriage isn't doing well, you, you and you, you know, one of the things Valerie and I try to do every day is read the word together. We don't always break out the lexicon and study every, you know, break it down in Greek and Hebrew. In fact, I don't think we've ever done that. Just to be honest, at least not together. We've probably done that separately. But we read the word together. And you know, we found since we made that a staple in our marriage, our marriage has gotten better. Right? And, and our family environment has gotten better. Our, our home environment has gotten better. Okay, So it's, it starts with reading the word. And I want to challenge you all. If, you're, if you and your children, if the relationship, if your children are struggling, sit down with your children and read the word with them. Well, they don't love God. Well, how can they love a God that they don't even know about? All right, Read the word with them. Well, I bring them to church. That's your job, Pastor. That's a cop-out. It ain't my job. All right, I'm here to help you do your job, but it's your job. All right, so let's need the word. All right, let's, let's, let's get this word engrafted into every area of our life. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for the promises of your word that they are still yea and amen, that your word is forever settled in heaven. Hallelujah, God, that we, the, the, those that keep your commandments have never been ashamed. Lord, the shame in my life, Lord, the, 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 the guilt in my life has not come from keeping your word. It's come from trying to find loopholes and, 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 and making excuse for why I don't need to obey your word. But Lord, I pray tonight as a church, I know that woman, when she took that leaven and she, when she began to knead it into that whole dough, the whole, that whole loaf began to rise. And Lord, I believe when we begin to knead the word of God, when we begin to study it and read it and meditate upon it and memorize it, Lord, when we begin to obey it like Never before, the result is, God, every area of our life begins to rise. It gets better. And, Lord, our world today needs a church that is rising. Our world today, society, our culture needs a church, God, that is rising in this hour. And so I pray, Lord, that we would rise not on the back of, Lord, bigger buildings and, and, and greater resources, but, God, that it would be upon our love for the word of God. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm gonna wait on you, she.